The weekend just goes by fast. Yeah, it really is good to have just that expectation. Because like, ever since the kids were born, it was, I keep them alive and fed. I mean, you know, it was alive and happy. That's what, That was your two things. No bathing. No, I mean, there's no additional that went on with that. <laughs> I remember extra. Ella, yeah. Ella was probably, well, she was just, walk. she just started walking. Yeah, she was young. And uh, Alyssa went to New Jersey for pharmaceutical training for a couple weeks, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, she got back and she goes, Brian, has Ella had a bath since I left? And I go, um, no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's my job to keep them alive, not clean. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, but you know what? It, she's fine. did a scar. <laughs> Everybody's good. That's and you right. know what? He, she Ooh. was happy. And so, and it wasn't like she was malnourished in any way. So yeah. I, I call that a win. It was funny because she was, she was just starting to walk. And I remember like... It would, it's at that stage where you just you want to just chill and watch TV, but you can't because they'll end up in the commode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember I built this huge fortress of pillows all around the living room, right in front of the TV, and she just played, played, played. She couldn't get anywhere, so yeah, you kept her contained. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. Whatever and now for some reason she showers twice a day now, so I don't know. Yeah, right. That That's true. Now she's clean all the time. And now, and now it's like just Brody's. On, I mean, he probably played probably 72 hours of Fortnite this weekend. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but you know what? He's happy. It's fine. Y'all can judge me well, on the weekend. No, it's fine. No, no, it's fine. no that's crazy. Hey, I, but I'm not I don't know even, how you don't get tired of that. I mean, yeah. I couldn't. You, I, I'm into video games. I could not do that. Yeah, he's, but it was interesting because I really struggled with, and, and I know anyone I've talked to really just struggles with electronics and mm-hmm. um, just all the things, how disconnected our kids are, but it's like their world now. They grew up in this world where they play, they get on, yeah, um, they get on devices in order to communicate with each other. They don't yeah. go out and play all day like we used to as kids and then come home for dinner. It's very, it's just a different world. And yeah. so I couldn't stand, um, he plays Fortnite and I couldn't stand it because he was screaming like, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. But when I got home yesterday, he was yesterday and today, um, cause he gets to play. It's like a reward during the week. Sure. Their, their lingo now is so different. And he'll be like, you're trash. And I'm like, that's not nice and he's to like say. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, that's not nice to say, Brody. We don't ever say that about anybody. And she's like, he's like, mom, you don't understand. That's the, that's what we talk that's in Fortnite. Nice <laughs> and I'm like, good grief. There's just so many things he yells that I'm like, you know, he's like, mom, but you don't then understand. He just makes like random noises. Like, hello. <laughs> I'm like, Brody, there's people on the other end. Like, they, they don't want to listen to that. Apparently yeah. not. He's celebrating he won, so they're all dead and gone. Yeah. Know, yeah. But it's, and then the other thing, too, is the overstimulation. He turns on the yeah. TV and plays his game. Yeah. And so there's noise all the time. Dude, and so it's it hard. It's such a slippery slope. But it's like at the same time, it's like I tried to get him to do things like, let's go swim. No, I don't want to do that. Let's go to a movie. No, I don't want to do that. He just doesn't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. And then so if you make him get off, then he's just going to make your life miserable. No, I, I, I don't agree. I think he gets involved in whatever you do as long as you get him off. But it's just hard to get him to get off, like want to do anything. He's not going to initiate anything on his own. 
uh, on the other side of that though is if if we make our kids get off of these games and stuff, then they're like, entertain me. Mm-hmm. Like make it's a balance. Me. And so it's more work for me when I tell him he can't be on stuff. And I understand. I know that I should just throw him outside and make him, but he will go look for snakes. And I'm not kidding with you. He w- he wants <laughs> I mean, to find that's... and catch a snake and he doesn't understand serious dangers. He's not smart enough those some of those snakes listen are, the hospitals aren't far and he'll learn fast yeah he comes <laughs> comes back in his head's like the size of i think i'm allergic to something dark, I hit <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm not saying my i mean definitely my girls we had times where they would play dance on the wii and had their tv shows and stuff like that but also if i was like all right no tv go outside they'll find things to do i struggled with when my girls were young and they'd go to Jeff's parents' house, his mom had all these activities laid out and everything was structured and she did feel like she was constantly entertaining them. And part of me feels like that's why Jeff has a hard time not having video games and TV and stuff going is because he was always entertained. He wasn't ever told, hey, go entertain yourself sans video games. But he went outside. Well, I, I mean, he was I a kid totally of the 80s. I totally disagree with that. They kicked us out. They, they said we couldn't come back till till dark oh, okay. and so we would play outside we played bb wars and i, I don't know where that came from as far as my yeah. kids then like it was it's it was well, no, exhausting th- to be there because i was like just let them go play just leave them alone let them go play yeah yeah but she wasn't like that when you were little no no i mean there were structured days like there were she wanted to teach during the summer so we would have <laughs> school and my friends would come over and we would do school and i remember getting like she would have candy prizes like now and later's. I love now and later's back in the day. Do you ever have now and later's? Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> I just remember her having, she would buy it like a jar from Sam's. And as we completed an assignment or something, she'd give it to us. And there was like, there were like five or six of my friends and neighborhood kids that would do this summer school. <laughs> <laughs> and they loved it. They're like, yes. Oh, yeah, we get, get, candy. get candy. But no, we would, we played a bunch outside. You just don't see kids doing what we mm-hmm. used to do. I mean, not even I, ten years ago. Like our kids are not even close to what you kids, your kids are doing. Yeah, right? like or I, kids these I grew days. up on puzzles and yeah. mm-hmm. you know, just my my parents played golf, so um, they would just drop us off at the pool and go you play golf. You were a club rat, huh? So we just yeah, we were out there all day. All and then the you time. became a lifeguard. Yeah, you're out there. And but you talk to my mom now, she starts crying. That's my worst regret. I'm like mom, I promised you. It was good. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, it's hard. Kids are hard, and especially this day, this day and age when parenting is so inconsistent across. Mm. You've got some kids doing stuff, other kids mm-hmm. can't. But in their world, everybody else has all the things. Mm-hmm. Well, the and then there's so much mom, mom and dad shaming. You know, there's on social media they're doing it this way, and you should do it this way. And I can't believe you didn't do it this way. And that's why, like, I mean, we'll our our groans about video games are relating groans because we our kids had their own version of that like we just they had ds3s like it's just something you deal with but we're not going to judge other people mm-hmm. that reminds me do you remember easy bake ovens oh, oh yes. sure. sort of like the thing sam had one that was so, so fun those 
It was disgusting. Didn't he? It's like I a grew up bowl. on Hamburger Helper. It was delicious. <laughs> how, how do you cook in it? Can you really cook in those? Oh things? yeah, absolutely. It's For a real. light bulb. Yeah, yeah. The cake's this big. It was a heat. It was a heat deep. lamp. I mean, that thing would get up to like 140 degrees. So how is that stuff. not a freaking fire hazard? Oh, I'm sure oh, it's there total were. fire hazard. Are you kidding <laughs> me? OSHA wasn't around when this thing came out. <laughs> I don't think my sisters had an easy bake oven. Well, we well, got because your mom actually made them decadent desserts. Please. Welcome to the Marriage and Filter podcast. I'm Brian Field. I'm Melissa Field. Hi, I'm Lisa Carter. And I'm Jeff Carter. We want to bring light and give hope to the realities of marriage. By being open. <laughs> you open? Open? Open has an L in it? Lopen? <laughs> open. This yeah, lid won't open. Guess what, y'all? I'm imperfect and I'm going to tell that. Get it. <clears throat> By being open, vulnerable, and honest about the struggles we all face. Removing all the filters and to share what God can do in the midst of chaos. Yeah, so all of that. I mean, I remember Yeah. I would come home and, um, and Jeff would be playing a video game and Lexi's propped up with a boppy and a towel on her chest and the bottles propped on the towel. <laughs> She's like, it was actually Sam, but yeah. Well, I remember it happening at um, uh, our very first Saint apartment. Moritz? So yeah, it would have been Lexi and she would have been really young. Yeah, I did do that. I would, I would feed them to sleep. No, you, they'd feed themselves to sleep. They would feed themselves to sleep. <laughs> That's right. Or, hey, you know what? I'm sorry, but that is no different from the mom who breastfeeds in bed and falls asleep and then wakes up and like there's milk everywhere. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, I think it's the exact same thing. You get oh, tired. I don't have milk no. in my boobs. So that's I'm not one talking thing about you. Different. I'm just saying like <laughs> it's an intention to make them go to sleep, setting yeah. them aside and choosing your what you're Absolutely. doing and not uh, actually choosing the 10 minutes of your life. I was thinking them. of all the times that I'm like about to pass out. I keep falling no, he asleep. He was as getting I'm sleep. <laughs> I was also 20 years old. I know. Well, all of that is what I'm saying is it like I had the opportunity to go and do things and I had to choose to trust that he was going to keep him alive. And there were things that he did that, I mean, he didn't read the books and I did. He's, he's not a woman. He's not a mom. The instincts that we have are not the same, but they were great dads. They weren't great moms, but we right. shouldn't expect them to be. Yeah. But a lady had said, just let his dad flag fly. Like, uh, cause he, the things he does that's super fun as a dad and super attentive as a dad is stuff I don't do. And stuff I do that's super nurturing is not stuff that he does. And there has to be that balance, but that will lead into what we're about to talk about the ways I tried for 25 years now to make him into the parent that I am was very, very, very destructive. We've been marriage. together 29 years, but we've had kids for 20. I mean, I was oh. pregnant. 25 years oh, ago. Okay. <laughs> I didn't try I'm just to... saying we've been together for 29. But I was trying to make you a dad for 25 years. Okay. I was trying to make you a dad. I was, I was talking about a dad the control aspect 25? of 29 years. I oh. try and control you before kids. <laughs> That's a really good point too. Did I try? No, I, I didn't. What? I didn't try to control you before we had kids. Did I? I think you could. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Okay. I did. For sure. Because but you guys he, had a longer stint. I mean, we, we, yeah, we actually, had kids. Yeah, we like were four and a no half years. Basically after we met. <laughs> yeah. We, had, we think, were married for six months without a kid. Wow. Good job for making it. That's rough. 
Yeah, that's right. I did because I think the expectation for me of Brian being the spiritual leader caused me to then become controlling because I'd be like, oh, look at that. That person has a has a Bible study. You should go to that. Or you should listen to this podcast or sermon or whatever. And my dad um, was trying to help too. I mean, we were just kind of doing everything. He was bringing books over. Here, you want to read those? Thank he you. Was, yeah, and he would throw it on a shelf. <laughs> Thank you. So the more, you know, there was men's Bible study on Wednesday mornings. I'm like, you should go check it out. So you're right. I was controlling in those ways. But in my mind, it was helping. And yeah. obviously we know that is absolutely not, it comes across as nagging and not helping. Well, it comes, it does. I do think it starts from, we think we genuinely have the inside track. Like I did read a ton of parenting books and I had a mom's group and we heard all the advice. And so I thought I was going to come home and say, here's how this should be done. And, but the problem is, is in my mind, I thought if it wasn't done that way, it was wrong. And it was just, to me, the way I thought it should be done. And every other way was wrong. And that comes down to lots and lots and lots of things. I mean, I, I will hold my ground to like, if bowls aren't facing a certain way in the dishwasher, they won't get washed. <laughs> but, well, that's just gravity. Right. I mean, <laughs> so I, I would correct. Are oh, you this, putting bowls up? Upside down? Like straight No, but water? if they get stacked too tight, you know, like uh, too close together or upright, you know, they won't get washed. So I would correct those things or I could just let the washer run mm-hmm. and, and go then, back and yeah. put that one back it. if it needs it. But I mean, that's yeah. kind of what he grew up with. He would do something and his mom would cheer him on and then she'd go behind him and fix it without ever going, okay, son, here's, here's why I'm changing this. And then my attitude when I fixed it wasn't let's learn together. It was, this is wrong instead of going Hey, can we figure out the best way? And the dishwasher is a really stupid example because that's, that's a, a lot. I mean, a lot of people have those conflicts. Yeah. Should the silverware face up or face down? What do you guys think? Up. I say I don't give a crap. It's in the dishwasher. <laughs> the, part, the part that you eat with needs to be up because that's how it's going to get clean. Can I, I tell agree. you what? We've never had this conversation in how entire funny. life. And I don't know. I mean, do you know how I put... I don't know. Because you never look in the dishwasher. <laughs> so you truly have, we have we've never we had this conversation because you never look. save so much conflict. Ever. That's that's exactly right. That's my fault. I should never ask him to load the dishes. Actually, we agree it's on funny. that one. Never but that's what I hear. Had that. Yeah. Couples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we're going with now. I don't need to load any more dishes. No, no, that's what I'm saying. No, I could I could have sworn that for years that he would put dishes in the wrong place. <laughs> Just to get out of ever having to do it again. <laughs> it never worked. I just like, just like, babe, no. can you just pay attention to like, if there's other cups like this, that's where it goes. If there's not, maybe choose somewhere else for it to go. Hey, simpler as cups. long as it's in the vicinity of like, I need to get a cup so I can drink and I open up a cabinet and there's cups like when that's right. Yeah. It's the fairies. <laughs> it's the fairies that fly Think around and do all sure. these right. things. When we first got married, um, Lisa was working, and I was looking for a job, I think. No, I was, I was going to school. You were working at I a card shop, baseball card shop, yeah. and going to school. Yeah. Um, and I was home, and uh, I really got into cooking, and I was watching cooking shows when I could at home. And uh, really? I'm, I'm yeah. waiting for Brian to jump Dude, in. It's impressive. Go and uh, I cooked her some, some uh, chicken fajitas. And got the recipe, got it all seasoned, and cooking the chicken breast in the in the pan, and got it all seasoned and cooked, and you know, got to cut up the fajita meat. So, 
just cutting the fajita meat in the Teflon pan. Oh, <laughs> back the in the day with the knife. And it's not a, it's not a, you know, nowadays it's all Teflon, right? There's no coating to it, but mm, obviously back took then. took that right off. And we were young marrieds, it was so cheap, Teflon coating, and yeah. it just shredded that Walmart. pan. Oh, and so we kept yeah. it, but every time we would cook something, it would Flakes. stick. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the Teflon would come into the food. Yeah. Gross. You get a little piece and you're like, Ew. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just to, all that to say, you know, when you talk about the dishwasher and the control and did I try to control you before kids and stuff like that? Um, regardless of when that happened, our maturity, you know, hey, you should go to this Bible study or whatever. Our immaturity is, hey, you're an idiot or you're lacking yeah, spiritual leader. Exactly. You need to go do this. Right. Whereas a mature person says, oh, you know what? That may be an idea instead of trying to twist it into some, yeah. you know, of the devil comment you're an idiot you don't know how to load dishes right oh you know what maybe it is more functional to turn the bowl this way and to not have them so close and and that was that was something that i struggled with you know because you guys heard have heard my story like i just didn't know what it looked like to be a spiritual leader so i struggled and i knew that Alyssa had a faith that i admired but at the same time, I was like, why Why am I not where she's at in her walk? Mm. And so I had a lot of insecurity about that. So then when she came to me and she was forcing me or, you know, forcing these things on me, all I heard was, you're a failure. Mm. You're not good enough. Oh, yeah. And I need you to change because the person that you are is not the person that I want you to be. And so mm. I think that's that just kind of added to the the fact that I had a lot of self-hate already and then that just kind of built built on it to where the point to the point where I was just like completely rejecting it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but again that's not them you know that's Satan in your ear yeah that's not them saying it but I, didn't, I just didn't understand uh, I mean, that I just felt like a failure like I wasn't I wasn't meeting meeting the what she had set like she wanted me to be I got a spiritual leader like her dad was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I can't do that. I don't, I'm, I'm not there. And so every time she'd bring something to me, I was like, not good enough, not good enough, not good enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think I can see, I can see the snowball of 25 years later because at that point in time, he was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. And like, I don't, I don't think I tore you down. Or even if I joked about, I can't believe you just used a knife and Teflon pan. It, I mean, obviously we remember that story for a reason, but it wasn't out of him. Feel, I don't feel like you, did you feel like I was um, condemning you or did you feel like, oh, I had no idea? Oh, no, I took it. I took it as, I mean, you were pretty upset. I took it as, as condemnation that like, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm. Um, did you? 20. Yeah, exactly. Well, you <laughs> 20 were years, 20 years old and, you know, six months out of my parents' house yeah. where everything is fine. Oh, we'll figure it out. Oh, don't worry about it, babe. We can buy a new pan. Right. You know, it's like, why did you do that? Yeah. I, ne- I was never told that yeah. <laughs> growing right. up. Well, right. you, were, you were doing something that you thought was going to be something good. Mm-hmm. And then when she came and got on to you about doing something bad, yep. you're like, well, I tried. Dang it. I can't yeah. win. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And things were, I mean, really for many years early on, we really didn't have tons of fights or tough, those kinds of things. And so it was still pretty much sunshine and roses. So even in that moment, we laughed about it pretty Mm -hmm. quickly afterwards. 
And I could rec- I did recognize that he was home cooking for me. I had a job and I would come home pregnant and he's has cooked us food, which was really, really cool. And, um, I can, I can look at that and I don't, I know my mindset at that point is different than these last, well, about like eight, 10 years ago when I, I know I did think in my head that I had the best and only way to do things. But at that time it surprised me that he didn't know Mm -hmm. that. Like we grew up helping my mom in the kitchen. It was just surprising that that wasn't quote unquote common sense. Mm -hmm. And so there were things that would arise early in our marriage that I was like, why do you, why do you not know that? You know, and for the probably first 10 years of our marriage, I changed the light bulbs. I f- changed out sink fixtures and stuff like that. And we I had just, light bulbs go out when we were married. <laughs> the fairy, the magical fairy <laughs> changer. But that's, I grew up learning to do those things and it was just natural for me to up and do them. And then when he would try, I would try to change a light bulb. Well, I don't. Yeah. He is <laughs> no. an engineer, right? No. <laughs> like his approach at doing those home fix it <laughs> things was just not the same as mine. And I would go, he'd go, we don't have to, we don't have to turn this, the uh, breaker off. I'll just cross oh. those wires and blow yeah. it. <laughs> he still does it though. <laughs> My goodness. You can, you can trip the breaker or you can actually, Flip now you breaker. can install it. No, trip if you, oh, like if click you. It put the wires together, you'll trip the breaker. Right. Or I said, or you can flip it. Like, yeah. Right. Or you can just do it right. <laughs> do it correctly. And you don't actually even have to mess with the breaker. No. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how in situations where the other partner is trying to do good, instead of celebrating that they're trying to do good, we focus on what yeah. is wrong. Yeah. Well, and I was sort of loading up a little bit as far as when we were first married, sort of the innocence in the correction. And as, as we, you know, harm each other bit by bit, yeah. that that little, um, oh, babe, it's okay. This is actually how you load the dishes or something more serious. You, you develop control out of, almost maybe even out of a uh, survival instinct. Mm-hmm. You know, we've we've got to do it this way or, or we're not going to make it type of thing. And it, I can see it evolve into that as you get further along in your relationship and these little tiny lashes get deeper and deeper and and the offenses potentially most likely get harsher and harsher you know yeah and in, and in my mind the stakes get higher like i feel yeah, like that's good hey too. this is this is we do need to do raise the kids this way because if we don't they're going to be wounded or they're, they're we do need to give them a bath at least every two weeks or else they're going to probably get some sort of fungus infection <laughs> right <laughs> we kind of debunk that theory. Yeah, we put She's that. She's got to the a test. real good immune right. system. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Ella, Ella is resilient. Yeah. The mosquitoes just die. They, they, uh, yeah. they just fall off. <laughs> yeah, early on, I think that we were so um, immature, and we kind of did the whole. These are your roles and my roles. Everything outside of the home is Brian. Everything inside the home is me. Um, And I was the breadwinner for a long time uh, when we got married. And so those expectations, it did turn to control. And then it's like, well, and we were just not in a healthy place. And so it just kind of grew and grew to, well, that's not my job. That's your role. That's, and it, it was, it just turned into mudslinging where we were like, it, it was so unhealthy, but I agree that all of this, um, maybe trying to point things out then became controlling and then 
feeling not worthy and all of that. So, and as the kids grew up, um, I felt like I was protecting my kids um, because Brian was very angry. And so I would step in between him and the kids and he would get so mad mm-hmm. at me. But for me, it was it was survival. It was, I do not want the kids to be a part of this. And so I did control and I absolutely would let him him yell at me. He'd be yelling at a kid, one of the kids, and I would literally step in front of the kids and... And it was horrible that I did that because that is um, undermining his mm-hmm. authority. But I, I felt like I had no other choice. And honestly, I'm, I would do it again. I, I mean, is that wrong? I, I, well, I mean, I think there's a level where it gets to where it could be wrong. But I do feel that, you know, allowing that lash out to take place and then behind closed doors. Hey, yeah, but, but even again. spankings. Like there was one time he spanked Ella. And he came back and he was like, that was not okay. Mm. And so yeah. it, it was a point where I was like, you've got to take a breath mm-hmm. before, yeah. you know, you've got to send her to her room. You can't just lash out. Um, and I'm not trying to throw you under the bus, Brian, at all. I'm just saying like I did. But in doing those things, I became a control freak and everything had to go my way. Because I made the money, I did this, and then honestly, he wasn't doing things. He wasn't changing light bulbs. He wasn't changing air filters. He wasn't doing the things. So I got to this point where I'm like, "Screw you! I will do it all. I don't need you." Mm. And that's really when mm. control took off because I had zero expectations of him, and I did everything to the point, and I'm not even joking. I put so much on my plate that I was, um, I had an, a really bad eye twitch. So funny. Oh my gosh, I've had that. When I get really stressed out, my eye just twitches. Oh, wow. And, um, and I knew that something physically was going to happen to me. I was either going to have a stroke or my heart was going to stop or something because I was so, I was, I had everything. I was taking care of everything, everything. I wasn't asking him for anything. I mean, I'm talking everything that in that, Again, that may be an expectation, but I'm everything that I mean, take out the trash, oil changes, anything. Like the only thing I didn't do was the yard. I, I didn't I because I've never done the yard before and that's kind of outside of my realm. But I did everything and I just knew that it was gonna it was gonna something was gonna give. And it wasn't gonna be my my determination and tenacity on my own. It was like something's gotta physically happen to me. Wow. Um, and it got that bad because I didn't, I, that control just continues and you just, you do it all. And so, um, I, I just didn't need him. And, um, of course that left no joy, no laughter, no, no peace in the house because I was just, um, the one man show. And so I can see how that hurt Brian significantly because if I feel like I don't need him, then that's going to make you feel like garbage. What are you thinking? I mean, I don't I can't I can't deny it or justify the way that I was. Sure. Well, you can't I mean, I mean, yeah. You you can look back, but you can't look back with too many you can feel regrettable that that's how it happened, but I mean, you just don't know what you what you didn't know and you you were of I mean, 
<clears throat> maybe a little irrational, but of sound mind. You know, you had an upbringing that felt that that was what was necessary for disciplining the kids or how you handle yourself. And I mean, we all do that. We all look, you know, like what we were just, what I was just talking about with, this is survival. We are, we are these creatures trying to survive this world and we do crazy things for survival. You know, we're not, none of us are a psychopath in here that, you know, that's a separate deal where people are manipulative and trying to create chaos in some essence. Yeah. We're not trying to do that. We're trying to figure out the situation and do the best we can. Yeah. And when we fail, we, we go back to what we grew up with and, and we lash out and do stupid things. You you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I just praise God that yeah. he intervened because my kids love me. Yeah. It is cool. I, I, yeah, it, it was really bad. It was really bad. It was. And that's it, not it was, the first. It was an awful period of you know, and I know people go through that yeah. where, where you know he's yelling at me, and you know Brody will come up and just hug my leg. He was a toddler. He'd just come up and wrap his arms around my leg because that's all he could do to try and protect or fix or whatever it was. So. Again, but I controlled out of fear because I was fearful of ruining my kids and and not being. I mean, mm-hmm. I knew that if it it didn't get done, if it, he didn't do it, it wouldn't get done, and all these things. So, um, but I was it, when it came to um, the kids, I was fearful. I was very fearful, and I just had to protect them and. And not that, that's the crazy thing is we're not even talking about abuse. He never hit me. He never, right. he just, he just had the mentality that if I want something done, I have to yell and I'm just not that personality. And so I probably took it to extremes, but I also pushed his buttons more towards that way because when I put him down and I have the mentality of screw you, I'm just going to do it myself, then that just pours on more guilt and shame on him and not giving him the opportunity to stand up and be a man. Yeah. Because if I if I encouraged him and showed adoration to him and all of that, he wouldn't have to be screaming all the time. Mm. But instead, the only way to get his point across was to scream and yell. And then I would draw, we would draw, and then I would just leave. Or I would, you know, just whatever the circumstance was. And so for me, it was... Um, it was looking back, but that's the thing is I have wisdom now to see what I didn't see before. And I could have changed my actions because we always point the finger at the other person, but I was doing my fair share of putting him down and, and making him feel way less than a man. And I treated him like a kid. I treated him like another kid. It's crazy how, so that was so long ago, but those feelings come back like right now. Like sure. just talking about it, I feel like a failure. Mm. Isn't that stupid? It's crazy. But I mean, but you, it's been in the last like seven years. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's I mean, it's sooner Gosh. than ours is eight years. Yeah. You know, so and it's still very fresh for us. Very fresh for me. It's crazy. Yeah. But there's always that's the cool thing about it too mm-hmm. is there's always redemption mm-hmm. and there's always opportunity to change and. And I, again, I, I feel like we say this quite a bit, but if it's an abusive relationship, you need to get out. Yeah. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking right. about just everyday stresses and, and life and one feeling like they have to step up and 
take control of things because, you know, all of that. Um, but now the relationship that he has with the kids is awesome. Like I, Ella is, is so different from me and Brian gets her because, um, they need alone time. People wear them out and just little, just random stuff like that. And so they get each other. And so they spend a lot of time together and it's so cool to see. And so there's always that, but I had, I didn't do it and I'll be really vulnerable. I didn't do it. I, you know, I remember, um, at Christmas, um, the year before God changed our marriage. And I was like, I married the wrong man. Like, and when you start believing those lies, those significant lies, then you start looking for a way out. And I had started another like side business to try and earn money that I could stash as, you know, my escape. And, but I've always been independent and I'm like, I can make it. And so you just start really going to those places um, out of control And, um, yeah, it it was totally God that changed our marriage or we wouldn't be here because I wasn't stopping. I was not going to let him hurt me more. Um, but I also wasn't giving him, I wasn't treating him like a man. I was treating him like a little boy. That's, that's a really, that's, that's a really good example of, I mean, I hear a lot of wives and I've made the reference to is I'm raising four kids. You know, and so there's that, that mentality is pretty poisonous actually. And yeah, you guys have your, your moments where we feel like we're having to kind of raise you, but do we like, do we have to? No. And so that was, that was, I would say early in our marriage, primarily it was, here's how we're going to parent. And he, he was on board with most of the things I would say, Hey, this is the best thing for them. We're going to try this with them. This is. Um, but there were there were times when I remember, I mean, night after night after night, hey, babe, go tuck them in. Make sure you do this. Make sure you make tell them this. And he jumped on board and did it. But I look back and go, I mean, I do think it meant a lot. And he, there was lots of times, don't get me wrong, that he went up. I wasn't always saying, go tuck them. He would go tuck them in, hug them, pray with them, read to them unprompted. But if he didn't, I'd be like, don't forget to do this. And that wasn't... Out of a malicious intent, it we was... We had arguments over that. You're like, you need to tuck them in every night. And I go, no, I don't. I need to show them that I love them. Yeah. I remember us arguing over that. Yeah. And in my head, like that time with daddy or, he, you know, I would say the things like, one day you're going to be sad that they don't want to spend time with you. And that's not... That's manipulation. That's not... That's not a given either. Right. It, it, it's not um, a kind... But just like you, it was out of a heart of... I want my girls to have this connection with their daddy. And a lot of it came from the wounding that I, not, not that I didn't have some connection with my dad, but he, he didn't tuck me in every night. And I do remember the longing for that connection with him. Instead, he was watching Star Trek and we go to bed and nobody knew the difference, you know, and, and things we'd get into trouble at night or, you know, mischief or whatever. And, my dad was a great dad, but there was more that I wanted. And so I had three daughters and I wanted them to have the more that I thought I needed, especially in those times where I, my wound of my dad watching television over, not just not hanging out with us, but specifically telling us to go in the other room and be quiet so he could watch his show. And if there was anything that made me even feel like that was the vibe with Jeff, my haunches went up (laughs) and I did feel like I was protecting my kids against that wound and 
um, yeah, the intentions were good. The way I reacted out of it was, you need to father this way. And sometimes it was, I need to point this out so you're aware of this, but most of the time it was like in front of the kids, babe, turn off the TV and hang out with them. Or don't do that, like in front of them. And so I think there was some, some of, and it wasn't like Jeff was always making those decisions. But if he did, I instantly went back to my childhood wound and reacted out of that. Mm. Instead of later having a sound conversation with him, and sometimes we would, but it, it snowballed, like I said earlier, into you need to do this, make sure you say this. When she comes out, make sure you do this. And some of that's good. You need to have, they don't know the little girl's heart, what what is good for them. But as I would do those things and see results, it became more and more and more of a focus of manipulating and controlling the situation and how he fathered. And it was probably in our girls, older girls, teenage years that I heard that lady say, let your husband's daddy flag fly and I tried to pull back a little bit because he I mean he had his really great memories with the girls he wrestled with them and he'd throw pillows at them nerf wars with them um he would play dress up with them he would do things like goofy daddy things that's what daddies need to do daddies don't need to do the mommy things all the time you know and so there I think the more I tried to press into that the more he pushed back on it um, but he also didn't neglect the girls for the sake of proving something to me. Oh, yeah, no, I wouldn't do that. But when it, when it got super, super bad was when, I, when we finally hit rock bottom. I, I mean, I, I guess it probably got worse and worse and worse each time I would catch him lying to me about gambling or money or whatever. And it would make me think, well, I guess I need to check his phone. I need to check his iPad or be aware of these things. And I... As I felt out of control, I found the things I thought I could control. Mm -hmm. And so it was little nitpicky things. Like, I can't believe you didn't do this with your truck. Or I can't believe you didn't put the dishes here or make your bed this way or fold your laundry this way. It was just pointing out stupid little things. And in the last eight years, when everything got really, really bad, is when I got really, really bad. Like, I would call home from... Being out, well, did did you at least spend 10 minutes with her? Or did you have the TV on? How long was the TV on? Were you on your phone all weekend? Well, what were you doing on your phone all weekend? You know, you know, none of it's fair. None of it's justified. But to be fair, when I'd go out of town is when he would do stupid things. And so, but I was, contro- obviously my control was not controlling him. And so I don't, this illusion of controlling right. him wasn't doing it. It just was driving me crazy and pushing him away. Yeah. Absolutely. And what it's evolved into in the last couple of years is I've come a long way. I have forgiven him, but it'll rise up in me in just those, still those little tiny things of how, how long did you work today? What did you, and I, I think in the last year or so, my, my questioning him, what'd you do at work today, is a genuine, I want to connect with him. But he's still so wounded by those questions that he's like, what the hell? I was working. Who? I, why are you asking? And I genuinely want to hear about his day. And so I've started to see like comments I make to my kids or specifically Kennedy. I feel like there's this last ditch effort with her of controlling the last kid I have any control over. And so, you know, close to up to maybe six months ago, I had control over her phone and was able to shut off apps as a disciplinary action, which 
She's in my home still, but she's never done anything to betray my trust. Never. She is a very good kid. She is very, very much wanting to please us, and she beats herself up way more than I ever could. And um, I've started to say, is that even worth trying to control? And the answer is always no. Like there's no, there's no need to try and control it. And so I'm, I'm, I'm having to learn. And that's one of the things like, okay, my family is not something I feel like I have this need to control as much. Do the questions arise? Yeah. But I have to shut them down. But the, like, even this last weekend, we're um, leading some women on a retreat and I like a schedule and I like itinerary and I want to have notes and bullet points with what I'm speaking about. And the whole, like days before the weekend, Alyssa and I were talking and she and I were both hitting a wall with like, we both teach equally at this retreat and we're hitting this wall of, we hadn't sat down and arranged our notes the way we thought we should. And come Wednesday before the retreat, we're both like, I'm not ready. I don't know what to do. (laughs) And I just felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me, I mean, you need to allow me to speak through you. Mm-hmm. You know this content. You know this stuff. Just let me speak through you. And a friend came over and she was like, yeah, Lisa, like, if the women are meant to hear this, they'll hear it, whether you say it or not. And I basically got this, who are you? Like, who am I? I I'm just a vessel there to share this with the women they may not hear a single thing from me all weekend and hear from the other ladies in their group or read it in a book or God will make sure they hear these words and I need to lay that at his feet. Um, And then the whole weekend, it was one thing after another that kept messing with my schedule and God just going, Lisa, you don't have control. You don't have to have control. You don't have control. And I wrote this down Saturday morning that I had that... I wrote it down because I was, so Friday night we did this little group, uh, the leaders had a meeting and it got this, we were going to talk about the enemy the next morning and we made some video changes and we hadn't really laid out how that was going to go and we're talking and one of our leaders is getting like super emotional and deep and I leaned forward on my knees ready to say the words, girls, we need to iron out the itinerary for this plan. And as soon as I open my mouth, my daughter spouts out, Mandy, can we please just pray for you right now? And I I didn't say the itinerary thing. I was like, dang it. Like she's 22 and she's so much wiser than I am. I'm trying to figure out a schedule. And so the next morning I was about to start and I was going to look at my itinerary before I looked at God's word. And I just heard these words like, You're right. the itinerary is the enemy's way to steal his plan for this weekend. It's going to take joy and remove the Holy Spirit from the whole plan. And I wrote that down. I was like, yeah. And I just set it down. And we just... It was great. Yeah. And I mean... (laughs) And then this morning, I was going to go present the weekend to senior staff and tell them how it went. And I'm trying to make sure, okay, I don't... Don't forget to tell them about this and remember this. And let's not forget how many women showed up and how many retreats. Oh, and I need to make sure they hear how we were inviting the Spirit to speak through us. And I went, crap. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Holy Spirit, whatever I have to tell the the senior staff, I'll tell them. And I just, no bullet points, no notes. And I just walked in there and bawled my eyes out. But not perfect. There's a long way to go, but... It's so good, though. That is so good. And it was great. It was... It was the best weekend. The best. So good. One of the, if not the best weekend we've had so far. 
I'm so we proud really, of you guys. We really did just whatever, but it's they not. Don't, and I, I don't remember anything I said. I, lo- I love the, my favorite part about it is just when you guys come home and then being able to hear those stories of oh, what, yeah. what God did in, in and through it, man, it's powerful. Yeah. But I just, I keep going back to control. Like to me, control leads to rebellion, mm. you know? And in, the more you try to control me, the more I'm going to rebel against it. Absolutely. And it's just like the relationship with God. Like he doesn't want to control us to do what he wants us to do. Like he wants us to choose him. That's right. Just like in our marriage, like Alyssa doesn't, she, she doesn't want to get obedience from me from controlling. She wants me to choose her. And, uh, man, I just keep thinking rebellion. Every, mm-hmm. every time I hear control, I think of rebellion. Man, that's so true. I don't think we control for any other reason than fear. Yep. There's no other reason that we would want to control anything. It's because we're afraid of what's going to happen. Well, I think that's why we're going to go down. Oh, I'm sorry. I jumped No, in. you're good. That's no, and good I said that. I said that a minute yeah, ago. Like I, I controlled out of fear because right. things weren't going the way I wanted them to. And I was afraid that, you know, my kids would be screwed up and I wouldn't... Um, I really felt like my way was the best way. And I think that many people feel that way. Um, And I don't know if it's just a female thing, but it's like, especially when it comes to our kids, we just have that instinct of like, I know that this is what will benefit them, kind of like what you were saying. And it's interesting, Lisa, that you say that about our, our childhood and our wounds, that they do still impact the way that um, we mother and the way that we live. Um, because I did grow up as an only child and I was super independent. So I definitely carried that with me in my marriage. And when things went wrong, then I grasped on to control because I was independent and strong and didn't need a man and all of that kind of stuff. And so I didn't, I I really, that really hit me because I, I didn't realize how easy, Mm -hmm. it's super easy to go back to the ways that we were either how the wounds or just how we were as kids um, and how that plays a part in our marriage. Yeah. We, we each had a different form of chaos growing up, right? Mm -hmm. Like the, the chaos in my home made me feel like I there was control over nothing. And so I wasn't going to let my home be like that. Mm-hmm. And yours was a different sort of chaos. It wasn't kids running through and a total mess. It was that you couldn't, you didn't have control. You weren't allowed to have people over. You had to be quiet all the time. So there's no, you were pinned in this control that you're like, from here on out, I've I've got control of this, right? Or does that make sense? Yeah, and, and then to, to if I... I need to take care of myself because my mom was really sick growing up. And so it's like, mm-hmm. I have to do it. I have to, I don't want to be a burden to my dad. And so I have to provide for my, like not, I mean, obviously they provided a home and meals and all right. that kind of stuff. But I started, I mean, I was like, I know I want to work at Gap Kids when I turned 16. Like that's the only place I applied. That's the only place. I mean, I got the job. I worked there. I moved up. I was in management in high school. I went to college, came back, covered the store. Like I was, I worked a ton. I worked hard um, because I, I really, but it's crazy how it almost, it is a wound when I was a kid of feeling like I had to take it on myself and be mature and provide for myself and, and work hard and how I, I brought that into my marriage, um, feeling like I didn't need Brian. Mm -hmm. And that's really interesting. 
It's all playing out. It's yeah. all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, we talked this last weekend and that's one of the things we talk about is, is in Genesis when Eve was tempted in the garden, she chose the, the pride really of, uh, the, the lie that Satan told her that she believed is the lie that you and I believe to this day is there's a better way. Yes. And, and we, God has this way, but we maybe has a, we have a better way. Satan says, you, you can know more. You can know a better way. And so she chose to sin and she fell. And as a result, we all as women and humans pay the penalty as from the fall. And you want to talk more about what that looks like? That's your session at uh, what the fall, yeah. Like what Paul and Eve, just what what that what that results in. Once when when Eve fell, when women are fearful and choose like choose to um, control. What are the the ways that we go to? So when we fell, um, we kind of fit into two categories. You can be a domineering, um, dominant woman or a desolate woman, and so I was definitely. Uh, a dominant woman that I didn't need anyone and my way was the way and I was very harsh. The interesting thing was is I wasn't harsh in my work life um, and that's another thing. You could, It's a red flag. If you can compartmentalize your control, like, mm-hmm. no, I was kind of, um, I was very driven in the workplace but I wasn't um, dominant in the work. I mean, like I, I really worked also- hard but, you were also self. I mean, you were out on your own a little bit. I mean, you 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 kill it. You kill it yourself. Yeah. So yeah. there was a little bit. You were able to dominate yourself. Yes. You, you were pretty yes. dominant when you would go into offices. You would get into arguments with doctors. Like, yeah, it's true. Yeah. But, but yeah, so you were yeah. a dominant woman, regardless. I was. I. I'm trying to think of the word. Yeah, I was. Um, if you know your stuff, you know your stuff. Yeah. And it was it was just a drive. Um, and anyway, but it, it, it so I was super controlling. And it's funny because at the time, I didn't see it at that. I saw it as Brian is, um, is not doing what I feel like he needs to do. And so therefore, I have to take control in all of these areas. And so everything he did, the crazy thing is he couldn't do anything right because I've already, I have so much, like he's an idiot, he's stupid, this will never change, I married the wrong man. I have all these lies lined up. And so anytime he did something, it just I just threw that into one of those, the, the lies. And so he couldn't, even when he did something well, I didn't even acknowledge it because there, I felt like there was so much bad that the little yeah. winds were like, doesn't even matter. And so you make up your mind that things are never going to change. And so I didn't have grace and love. And that's kind of that dominant women of being harsh. And you. And a lot of women feel like I'm, I'm, I'm a hot mess and I, and I have been that way um, forever. I'm pretty transparent. <laughs> But a lot of the dominant woman looks polished and all together. You're not going to hurt me. Um, and they keep relationships at bay because they don't want you to really know them um, because I don't need you. Like I do it all on my own. And so um, I keep people at arm's distance. There's no vulnerability a lot of times with um, the dominant woman either. So um, another interesting point is that I struggled with and I still kind of look at it and go, huh, I compartmentalized God. Like I trusted him in areas 
of my life, like with girlfriends and I did Bible studies and I truly loved Jesus, but he was not trustworthy in my marriage. And so that whole spin of control happened. So I felt like looking back, I was not the same person at home that I was outside of the home. And that's the goal in life. Be the same person no matter where you are in all areas of your life. So the other part of the other side of uh, the dominant woman is the desolate woman, um, and this one is is pretty. You're pretty beat down, and you hide. And um, I think there's a lot of guilt and shame. Um, one of the examples they give is it's the woman at church that's always um, serving in the kitchen, but will never really speak out and. Um, there's desire there, but they stuff it down. They don't want, they want to avoid shame and disappointment and pain. And so they just don't speak up when they need to, they don't speak, um, which is interesting because I did withdraw from Brian, but it was, I, I don't know. But so I think that overall though, a desolate woman withdraws um, because they just don't want to deal with, with the hard things. Um, they typically don't want to be seen or rock the boat. Um, they're not dreamers or risk takers. Um, that way no one gets hurt and there's no rejection there. And so um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, they're pretty meek and harmless. Um, and that usually leads to resentment. Um, resentment builds up because you're not seen. Mm-hmm. And that means others have not come through for you. And... Um, ultimately, that is a seething bitterness <laughs> that yeah. forms because you want people to come through. But it's just, it's an interesting, do you have more to say on that one? Well, I think that, no, I think ultimately we we all can fluctuate between both. That's true too. I mean, that, like you were saying, you withdrew. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I have moments where I am the desolate woman, but um, because I don't like conflict and so yes. I, I stuff it, but um, unfortunately it comes bubbling out in passive aggressive comments or the desire to control things. And usually I try and control things through passive aggressive comments instead of just confronting them and saying, here's why I think this is a problem, but you can choose the best way and I'll be okay. And I even told Sam that today. I remember advice my mom would give me that I would go, Thank you for giving that to me, but I'm not going to listen to it. You get to make that choice. I told her, I said, I'm going to give you advice. And if you don't choose my advice, I'm I'm 100% fine. Um, I won't be hurt by that. It's when you're like, please stop giving me advice that I'm like, I mean, I've raised three kids and I did a decent job at it. So I have things to share, you know, but doesn't mean I did it all right. Yeah. And I'll admit that. But women will fluctuate between both. Um, there's extremes of both. And I think for for a lot of us, all of it is a result of the ways that we hide. Because you think about Adam and Eve in the garden, the very first thing they did as soon as their sin was exposed, they recognized it and they hid from God. And so they thought they were choosing the best way and they recognized immediately they were feeling shame and so they hid. And God, God came looking for them. And it wasn't like, Eve, get out here, where are you? He got on his hands and knees and he said, daughter, where have you gone? Like, I, I told you not to do this, not because I wanted rules, but because I care about you and I didn't want you to hurt. And that's how sin is. Like, God has things for us that are way bigger than we ever could imagine, but we doubt it. We doubt it. We choose pride. And so then we hide because we know 
that that wasn't the best decision. And we hide in control. Mm -hmm. We hide in desolation and and withdrawing. Um, Shame is so huge. And I, I remember for years, I still have to make the hey, Lisa, don't forget to look up and make eye contact thing because the shame in my life, I just would avoid eye contact with people, especially people that I was intimidated by or thought they had it all together. Um, And I have to choose to come out of hiding there and recognize that God sees me and I'm not ashamed of other people seeing me. But the way we, we, we we have to come out of hiding and the way to do that is to recognize what we we do have to offer this world. And a lot of why we hide is because of what we talked about the last two weeks, we don't trust. We've put our trust in humans or in ourselves, and they've fallen short, we've fallen short. And instead, we talked about it last week, we have to trust God. We trust God with who He calls us and, and what He is doing in our lives and for us. Then we can come out of hiding and we can say, I believe what God says about me. I don't have to control. I don't have to hide. And so then the alternative is to just be the inspiring woman where I can say, okay, here's how we can parent together. And you're a great father. You're a great husband. How can I encourage you to be and believe what God says about you? That's right. And not say, you suck at this because yes. the words in the passive aggressive comments are telling him that he said it at the very beginning. Hey, you messed up my pan. He went, well, I'm such a failure. Brian said the same thing. Well, I just, I'm just a failure. That got us nowhere. That's right. You know, for years. Yep. That's so good. That's so good. And, and it's like we're, we justify our sin because we're so deeply hurt. So we either lash out or we withdraw. And so if we were inspiring, then we would be able to encompass that we need to um, show adoration for our spouses. And it, would, it changes everything because then I have a posture of humility versus my posture before where I was so domineering and mean. I was straight up mean. What are you thinking, Bren? You had to be mean. No. No. I mean, I don't really have anything to say about it. Okay. You were looking. I was like, mm. So I think what that looks like now is, um, and I'm I'm being honest here. Like, there are still some things. The trash is still an issue. <laughs> it is. It Same. freaking makes me crazy. I don't understand. We've had a year of podcasts and you guys still don't get it. Why are you looking at me? Because I know you it play Jenga. When I come over, the trash is like to the counter every time. I'm not joking. You're being so dramatic. So that is dramatic. Not true. No. So you know what? It's totally true. So you know what? It's one of those things where it's we like. We just need to get a bigger trash can. Gosh. Wait. So I. St- <laughs> It hasn't overflowed. It hasn't overflowed. So, guys, literally, I don't know if you've noticed, Brian, but the trash can gets full, and then I start (laughs) another trash on top of it, and that gets full, and then I freak out, and I'm like, "Somebody take out the trash!" Hence hence the bigger trash can. That's right. No, No, then it's heavier, and it's not. So, you know what? There's some things you just have to die to self, right? You have to die to self and just do it. And I, I, I because if not, I would resent him. And I then I would miss the areas where he is doing well. Right. Like what if he's taking Ella out to dinner or what if he's, you know, engaging with the kids? I miss it because I'm so pissed About that he's not taking the trash. And I'm sorry, but it's little things like that. Sure. He's still, 
I keep, I'm sorry, I'm just being honest. I've asked him forever to clean his grill. Outside, the you outdoor don't, grill. You don't clean your grill because that's where all your flavor's at, right? You clean the grill. I would clean the grill. <laughs> you don't clean the grill. So then what happens is we have we to do. buy a new grill because hey. it ruins we. the other one. I th- I oh think my gosh, what are we doing here? I've cleaned the grill the last let's, half dozen listen, times. Listen, hey, listen. Let's don't like start pointing fingers. No, yeah. listen to what I'm saying. Like, there you go. Listen. Point fingers. Yeah, point, <laughs> I said I pointed fingers. Yeah, that makes me really want to listen. <laughs> no, yell, at, yell at me to listen more. No, what I'm saying is Control like, equals rebellion. We're <laughs> buying a shirt. Yeah. There are still things that I feel like need to be done. And there's some things that I just have to go, okay, I'm just going to do it. Stop. Because what I do is then I miss out on what Brian does do. And I get so, we get, and I... If I, it's so crazy. Like I can let the trash drive me so bananas that I'm like, he doesn't care about me. He doesn't mm-hmm. like me. He doesn't think about me. He doesn't, you know what I mean? In my mind, I spiral that into something that's huge. That's not a big deal. So you know what? I take out the trash. It's fine. It's not the end of the world. But I'm I'm saying all of that to say, we're not perfect. I do stuff that drives you crazy. I'm sure even though the house looks great. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> even though I'm perfect. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I'm just saying, I don't want us to miss the good things and, and being for our spouse because we're too busy focused on things that we feel like should be said or should be happening. Yeah. You're going to miss. Yeah. You're going to miss the goodness. Well, it's a choice. It's It's just like I wake up every morning and I can choose to be like, I got to go to work again today. I can't wait till Friday. Or you can choose to get up and say, hey, today's going to be a good day and it's going to have problems and I'm going to move forward and we're going to get through this. So it's it's a choice to be um, to look at the positive instead of focusing on the negative. And I think that every episode that we've had, I've always brought it back to accountability and being able to walk with with guys and girls to be able to walk with other women because there's things that Alyssa can yell at me all day and tell me all these things. And then Jeff comes to me and is like, Hey Brian, you know, man, I've been over to your house a few times and the trash is going to put And I'd be like, damn it, Jeff, you're right. I need to take that trash off. Which we hate y'all. We hate that that's the case. But it's <laughs> what we need. It's because. So there, Jeff, would you tell Brian to take out the trash? Hey, no Brian, doubt. would you tell Jeff to take out the trash? That's right. <laughs> Why is it the trash? Control equals. Okay. Here's, here's. Why is it trash? Here's what I've learned. I've not digested well yet, but I've learned. They literally are not walking past it trying to piss us off. It doesn't even occur to them that it has to go out. And so I could be the bigger person and take out the trash. Instead, I say, <laughs> instead I say, babe, would you take out the trash? Yes. And then he does it. Well, and well, I hate that I have to say it, but he does it. He, he, he will stack something on there and spend no. six minutes making it balance. I, I swear. And not even think drama? that it has to go out. What the, thing, the thing with the trash drama. is I'm like, I can always squish that thing down a little bit more and we've got at least a day. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, but that's the other thing too with, with the expectations. Like I'll say, can you take out the trash? And he says, yes. And then he doesn't do it. And I, within when, the next, no, listen, no, listen to my expectation. Uh, my expectation is when I say it, you do it. Yeah. And you're, when you hear it, you're like, I'll do it sometime. You know what I'm saying? And so that's another point. It's so small, but yet it snags me. And I'm like, oh, he's doing this on well, purpose. And I, you know, I'm not trying to justify my decisions with the trash, but 
We're in a new place and we really have to walk two and a half miles to take the trash out. Two and a half miles. Talk about exaggeration. Watch the drum. (laughs) Have you seen how far the the dumpster is? Yeah, it's like a good two hundred yards. Yes. Oh bull loney. It's at least it's at least a a quarter mile. Two and a half miles? Nine iron. (laughs) Yeah, nine iron's hundred and thirty yards, hundred and fifty yards. For you. We, we just had, and so I, I'm, again, I, I love you. And you know what? You could have brought up the fact that I don't get up in the mornings and you could be a total jack I'll wagon. I'll never do that again. But- <laughs> 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 Refer back to episode, yeah. I don't remember what number no, it was. But he- Note that, Brenda, please. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about whenever you would get up and you'd be mad that I wasn't getting up and working out. And so you would, you would intentionally be loud. Just spite no, me. You, I, I never did that. Oh, you didn't? No. See, that's what I heard. That's what I, that's what I I've always I tried to be a ninja. And, and Jeff used to believe that I was making noise when I got up on purpose. That's a good point too. He, when I yeah. would like, cause our drawers, um, our, uh, dresser drawers have little handles that lift and if they fall, they're noisy. And so I, I really would try to be quiet and accidentally it would slip out or whatever. And he thought I was clanging the pans together, intentionally trying yeah. to get them up. And I wouldn't, I was but never, he used to think that. I never had that. Isn't that funny that we, oh, sure. we take those as like he's doing, you're doing it on purpose and then you're thinking X, Y, and Z. Because it's right crazy. now, I guarantee you, Alyssa, you and I are both saying, no, they're lying to us. They were making, they were deliberately <laughs> trying to make noise. <laughs> No, I, I but mean, then they got caught, so they stopped. Yeah. Right. Just kidding. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, Satan's in it in the middle. That's of right. It. That's right. And it, it is crazy whenever you look at it and you're like, it's trash, but you've met, you're ready to divorce him. Do you yeah. realize how crazy that is? But it, it is these tiny little things. I'm sorry, babe. Blow up. I just need that refocus every once in a while. <laughs> well, I listened hey, to. Hey, Brian, can you please take out the trash now? Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm not. You know, you know my heart. I'm just yeah, getting an example no, of like it's a good. What, what are you worried about? Your phone was ringing. I was just making sure you knew if it was oh, ringing. Oh yeah, yeah, it was ringing. I figured a spam. I'm not worried about anything. <laughs> you see this fear? <laughs> I really am. What are you looking at, babe? What's going on? It's a wound babe, I created. I'm sorry about the trash. Stop! I'm, it's not about. I, I'm just. It's not about the trash, trash, though. It is about the trash. I'm just too busy trying to make a living for our family. That oh my, oh gosh. my gosh! Hey, Brian, on your way out the door to making yeah. that living, just grab Let's, that bag and take it that 250 yeah. miles down the so road. This, so on the way over here, I'm not even kidding. On the way over here, okay. So what I do is I take the trash and I roll down my window and then I put the bag like you know what I mean yeah. I hold it that's a great through the window since yeah. it's so far away homeboy so has seen away. me do it so many times the first time he did it tonight because I pulled the trash out he took it from me and then he was trying to figure oh, out no, how do I like, roll the window down put my hand through he, it was it, like he just stood there like how does this work it was work? like I drank a bottle of wine and I was completely sober I, was, I can't this is like Jenga I don't know this is Jenga this is but level you 23 like Jenga, Jenga apparently <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It was so he's just standing there like the windows down. He's like, uh. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. When you leave for work or the gym, just grab that trash every day. Oh no, gosh. because I'm trying to be quiet. Oh, you take it. <laughs> I think she'll be real happy with that noise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, 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 I know. I'm totally. That's how you get Alyssa to wake up early. She's, is that? Brian taking out the trash at 3 a.m. Yeah, she'll be up ready to go. <laughs> you better come back. Deal. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Um, no, we'll, we we'll wrap up. One of the things that um, I heard recently on a podcast is, and I want to plug this book, but I haven't read the book, so I won't. I mean, I can't promise, but she was on a podcast and she's done a three-part series on YouTube. And I don't even remember her name, but I will put it in the show notes. It's fine. But her book, her new book is called The Cost of Control. And one of the statements she said that just slapped me in the face was, you can have control or you can have relationship. Mm. And I just thought, yeah, I mean, I was trying so hard to control the people around me. I was missing out on relationships. That's right. God created them in a specific way. God didn't create them to recognize how bowls should be stacked. He created me that way. So I can obsess over it and control that situation and risk that relationship, or I can have relationship. Thank you, babe. Um, Okay, the cost of control, why we crave it, the anxiety it gives us, and the real power God promises by Sharon Miller. Hody, Hody, Sharon Miller. (laughs) Sorry, girl, I will hashtag you and you'll get all the credit, but it's Sharon, H-O-D-D-E, Miller. And she was on a podcast I listened to recently. It was fantastic. And she has that three-part series on YouTube that I highly recommend. And... Um, I'm going to read that book because I clearly am still learning, but I came home from this weekend wrecked about this whole concept of control, which I keep praying about, but I, I want relationships with my friends, with my kids, with my husband, especially, um, and with my God, I can't control that either. And, um, if I, if I'm trying to have control over things, I'm going to lose that relationships, that relationship with all of those people. Um, and I had this freedom this weekend that I've never had ever because my, Mm. my sisters, I learned to trust those ladies and fully allow myself to be my real, real, real self. And it was a beautiful thing to just unleash a little bit. So watch out. I'm a little bit of a nut job and I'm okay with it now. (laughs) I'm bringing her to the dark side. (laughs) Because I, I I told her Let we balance each other well, because I'm like, hey, we'll just fly with it. We'll see how it goes. And she's like, Ugh. <laughs> and it went really good. It was really good. But I will say, it's just, it's a matter of just really just having the, the posture of just humility and just, we, we do want relationships more than our to-do list and all of those things. And so to be able to let that go, that's where you're going to find freedom and peace. You really will. Yeah, And we're absolutely. in a much better place because I know that you're for me and I'm for you. And so instead of keeping records of wrongs and keeping lists of, you know, how, how I'm offended, I just have to, like, I really have to let that go and love you well. And that girls, the best things you can do, I'm telling you right now, for your man, if you're in a place where you're like, I need, I do see a need where I need to change, just start affirming your husband. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, that's huge. Tell him that he's a good man. You appreciate the hard work that he does. Um, and even, and honestly, there's some that are at a point where they're like, I don't have anything. And then you say, God created him. You fell in love with this guy for a reason. What was exactly it? Right. And like Brian, my biggest thing with him is he, um, well, he was hot. There was that part, but um, <laughs> but he was respectful. He's always respected me. And so I respect you, Brian. Like I... Um, you do work hard for our family and I appreciate you doing that. And it's not easy. Those kinds of things. They're like, they just get puffed up. It's so cool to see. Well, <laughs> dude, it's, it's, it seems like, you know, 
we've talked about it before, but the biggest um, thing that affects a man is just the absolute fear of failure. And so when you come home and you all day at work, you've had this, you know, fear of, of failing or I'm not doing enough. And then you come home just to have that reaffirmed by the person that's supposed to love you the most. It just make it makes you shut down. It makes you put up guards. It makes you want to fight that. And so to be able to come home and just have Alyssa speak positively about me, it does. It builds you up. It makes you, it makes me want to do things for her. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes me want to be a better man. And so that's huge, man. If mm-hmm. if you, regardless of where you're at, if if it, as a woman, if you could speak that truth into their life, it changes things because it's hard to be a jerk to a person who's saying, "I believe in you." Mm. You know? Yeah, because I can see when you come home, and I'm like, "Oh, you know," all I just throw the frustrations of the day on you, and I just, you know, make your burden heavier and things like that. How that doesn't help you. It doesn't lighten your load and make you more loving and and but I think the affirmations is the bottom line. Just you, building you, you up. You do that. I mean, you. It's got, a. Pro, it's been a process. But it's, you've got a black belt in it now. I mean, it, well, I, don't know about I mean, that. you do. Like I can come home and I can be completely stressed, and you're like, I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. Just those words, like you're proud of me. Mm-hmm. I am proud of you. I just got to do better on the girlfriend side of it. I need to be better at being your girlfriend. I think I've lost that. I'm so in the wife, you know, getting, doing all the things of mothering that we lose yeah. that initial, like I want to, I want to, I mean, a lot of things have changed since then, but I still want to work on that aspect of, mm. you know. Well, you go back to our story and how you watch the spiral and it, he wanted to come home and feel like he's come through and done well. Mm-hmm. And if I only have words of you could have done this better then of course his reaction is going to be to shut down and and then continue to shut down and I'm going to continue to see those failures instead of I could have and I can still today go, wow, babe, I can't believe how much work you've done. Here's my grace. Here's my gratitude. And I do, I do appreciate and I've seen so much in the last couple of years, especially of, of you, babe, pursuing Christ first and foremost, which affects the rest of our whole family. It affects our marriage. It affects our home. It affects our children. And even in our story, the girls can look and see, I don't believe those wounds from my childhood because I know my dad now. He has a good heart. Sam said that this weekend. If you know Jeff Carter, he has a good heart. Mm -hmm. And you do, babe. You have a great heart. And so for years, my, my critical words... Um, put put barbed wire around that, and um, I trust you, and I think those are words that I don't say enough. And we had a situation this weekend that the enemy tried to steal the weekend from me, and when I asked him about it, he said no, and I said I trust you, and I did, I did in that moment. I had I not called him, I would have let that stir in my heart and doubted. But I knew I could call him. I said, at the risk of ruining my weekend, I'm going to ask you this. And he said, no, that's not what happened. I said, okay, I trust you. And I slept great. I mean, it was a choice I had to make. But I trust that when you work hard all day, you're working hard all day. And I trust that this morning you said, I feel like I'm going to sleep in. I trust that that was the best thing for you. And I wasn't going to kick you out of bed and say, you should go work out. (laughs) I, I trust the decisions you make for me now. 
And I trust that because you're a good human and I am proud of you. And I ask your forgiveness for the ways that I've tried to control you. I'm not going to promise I'll be perfect, but I am going to pursue letting go and coming out of hiding for you. Thank you. Yeah, I definitely forgive you for that. Um, <clears throat> you know, we, we've been talking a lot about the, you know, we're wrapping up, but something that's been just stirring in my head is, you know, we didn't talk about men controlling the situation. Mm. And it got me thinking, do you think men, when they try to control the situation, they're sort of labeled as a narcissist? And then it got me thinking even more, can you really have the ability to control a situation or feel you're controlling a situation without having narcissistic tendencies? And I don't think you can. I don't, I, you have to be, you have to have narcissistic tendencies when it comes to manipulation, um, you know, gaslighting, you know, is a new term and stuff like that. Th- those have to be part of the situation to be able to have control. They all just come or, from a selfish, prideful place. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you agree with that? Yeah, narcissism can be a pretty extreme, but I mean, narcissism is just at the very base root is I care more about myself than other people. Okay, um, but okay, yeah, that makes pride. Sense. Yeah, yeah, but we get we get skewed in that. Like my my way is the best way is right. the way I viewed it, but it is a selfishness because I feel like my way is the best way, and yeah. that's not that's not a way to look yeah. at it. Well, it got yeah. me thinking that like you know you're being a bit of a narcissist, like you're trying to control the situation, male or female, not any one person. It's sort of like, whoa, no, I'm not, I don't want to be that type mm-hmm. of thing. It sort of just, it got into my head a little bit, but so it's just sort of rattling around. I didn't want to get off topic, but um, I guess I wanted to speak just a couple minutes on men, you know, wanting to control the situation. Well, historically, men have been told that's the way it should be. Yeah, that's a very good point. And you know, we, we have some stuff going on within our family to where there's older generations that think this is how this needs to be done. And the newer generations are like, no, it doesn't have to be done this way. And the older generations like, hey, this is how we had it. So this is how you're going to have it type of thing. And that's sort of what we get when we have these old traditional viewpoints. And um, I don't I don't know where I'm going with this. I just... I wanted to try to elaborate a little bit on the men wanting control in their marriage and what that leads to. Mm-hmm. And it's very, definitely leads to the desolate woman, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, it factors into the desolate woman. The desolate woman, I guess, can choose which way to survive again. We're trying to survive this world. So are they domineering or they're desolate? Well, if the man is winning, winning in control, your wife is desolate. Um, so the challenge I sort of get out of that just instantly is that you are undermining the potential of your wife by controlling her if you are doing that. Yeah. And if, if you feel people that are listening, if you feel that your wife used to be vibrant and opinionated and has now shut down, you need to look at yourself because I don't know, I mean, I'm being dramatic here, but I don't know what other factors play in to a vibrant, opinionated woman becoming desolate other than a controlling counterpart. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I mean, if you think you can tell them they're not allowed 
to do, if you use the word allowed, oh, <laughs> allowed shoot. to go out, I get there as spouses, you should have a, a good understanding and support of your spouse and what, what is a good balance as far as going out regularly or going on weekend trips. But I have friends who aren't allowed to go on weekend trips with their girlfriends or go out at night with their girlfriends. And that just, it crawls all over me. That's a controlling. That's and so the control there goes right back, to, as we know, as we just said, is the fear. Yeah. So you're... It's, yeah, insecurity. Yeah, mm-hmm. and me being a challenger and being an ass is you're a scared little boy worried about what your adult that's right. wife is going to do out in public. Because you can't control her when she's that's not right. there. And you need to get over yourself. And that's your own self-discovery that y'all got to find out. But the victim that you're creating is, I mean, man, that's... you. I don't... Uh, And it could be a woman strongly controlling a man too, but I just don't know. I mean, it is 100% your fault when that happens. And I think I have friends who, whose husbands have that mentality and I'm not, we're not going on the husband trail. This is not about that, but their, their wives, my friends are, are pretty controlling in a lot of ways. And the husband's like, you're such a controlling, you know what? And at the same time, they won't let them go out with their girlfriends or go out of town on the weekend. So they, in those situations, they can be desolate. They hide in both ways in those situations sure. too. Desolate yeah, and that's control. Good. Anyway, yeah, I, I no. just no, that's we good. were talking about women having control and definitely wanted to speak to men having control a yeah. little bit. And that's uh, I think we all struggle. Yeah. I mean, we all have the tendency to struggle with it. So yeah. cool, awesome. And that you know, really, again, that goes back to you. If you're in that position, you have to love your life, your wife well. Flip side. Women need to respect their husbands, and that—that's the pathway towards regaining, going towards steps in a healthier marriage. Yeah, and ultimately trust God, like we've yeah. gone the last couple of weeks. If yeah. you trust God a hundred percent, you trust that situation where you can say, "I can leave my kid for two weeks, and my husband <laughs> trusts <laughs> that they'll stay alive." Yeah, I mean, he's a good man. He's going to keep him alive, and your kids a, are fantastic. They're so going to be it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. They just can't be out in public. <laughs> Two That's weeks right. without a bath. <laughs> we got uh, fruity pebbles every single time I go out of town, and I just kind of go, "Well, he's that's his daddy flag. Let his daddy flag fly." Yeah. You know, sugar once every now and then it's not going to kill I'm him. I'm pretty sure Brody probably hadn't taken a shower in two weeks. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, now that I think about thing. it. <laughs> That's great. But he's been in the pool, and there's chlorine in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't even get good, me started. Bacteria is not there. He totally has trained Brody that that's a shower. I'm like, stop telling him that. <laughs> it's right. It's right next to the toilet, the grass. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Chlorine kills everything. Oh, my gosh. In- including uh, the potential for girlfriends. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Great. Look uh, good. Well, thank good you guys for yeah. hashing that out with us. That's that was good. Something that was important to talk about, and I'm I'm thankful that I'm on that journey to learn. Yeah, to learn more. Don't uh, expect perfection, but <laughs> that's another not thing like is, I do. <laughs> don't get me on that perfection word. It's not real. It's yeah. it's a mirage. It doesn't yep. exist. That's exactly. And so right. stop chasing something that Satan put out there that's not even real. That's right. I give the example of like that girl in high school that you thought was the most popular girl. Ask her. Do you think she was actually the most popular girl? No. Nope. Mm-hmm. So. Um, in every area of your life, stop trying so hard with the filters and the makeup and the everything we do as women to try to be the best version of ourselves to impress other people because it's exhausting. 
it will and you will never drain you. be able to succeed. Well, and how much of there. our control comes out of what other people think? Right. I mean, that I mean, I think I wanted oh, to control good. my family and my husband out of the fear of what other people thought. Yeah, because it comes down to how. A mama at 19 and I thought for sure everybody had the cards stacked against us and we were going to prove them otherwise and things were going to be perfect. So you better parent this way. You better clean this way. You better wow. do things this way so that people would see that we beat the odds and things are perfect. Yeah. And when you say, like me, I'm a hot mess, it it has the, your bar is way low. And so <laughs> it's super easy to be like, boo, yeah. But I'm telling you, on this side, there's so much freedom and joy. Oh, so much freedom. Dude, so much freedom. That, sure. that talk that Colin gave mm. at marriage night was so powerful. And the one thing that he said that meant like, it just like rocked my world is like, people are impressed by your successes, but they're impacted by your mistakes. Yes. Yep. So and, good. And that's the whole thing is like, People don't, people don't really, you being successful doesn't make a difference to right. other people, mm-hmm. but you, sh- you share in the fact that you screwed up or you've made mistakes. That's people hear that. And it's, it, that's what impacts them. That's so right. you don't have to be perfect. That's right. And this damn podcast has shown me that. That's you right. Know? Well, that's episode one. I talked about, I don't want to sit in a house where I feel like everything's so clean that I can't relax. Yeah. I don't want to hang out with people where everything's so perfect. It's not relaxing and enjoyable enjoyable you yeah. know that's, that's why we're friends that's right that's right <laughs> come to my house I'm like sorry for that dust bunny that just rolled by your feet <laughs> oh that's a tarantula <laughs> <laughs> that's funny and that was um colin sewell by the well by the way so go buy a car from him he's a yeah. really nice guy yeah Dude, solid. Awesome. yeah solid yeah. guy hashtag sewell family that's right also you can uh sponsor us <laughs> yeah. That's right. We need a bus. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, that's right. It's a big sponsor. <laughs> yeah. We'll wrap it. it. We'll yep. wrap it up in the Colin Su- or Sewell Ford uh, decal all the way down the side. Yeah, that's we're right. not scared. St- <laughs> Stone- Stonegate on one side, and then uh, Sewell Ford on the other. A little tiny bumper sticker: Marriage and Filter Podcast. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, y'all are so great. Love That's you guys good. so much. Right, y'all, y'all have a great week. Yep, you Bye. too.